Joining us here for Heads Up Monday, where we preview some of the major events lined up for the week, Kim Soo-hyun in the studio. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. All right, Soo-hyun, we're going to begin with Monday. This is good news for a lot of us who've been waiting for some kind of relief, uh, Mm. some extra spending money so we can buy some things, especially with this difficult economic situation. The government is set to redistribute the fourth round of COVID-19 relief funds. Tell us more, please. Right. Um, The government will start receiving applications and handing out the fourth round of COVID-19 relief funds from today, according to the finance ministry last week. A total of 4.83 million small merchants and uh, self-employed people would be eligible. And 2.7 million small businesses with dropped sales recorded in the National Tech Service database will be given the priority to receive the handout. Those who are not in the database can prove their decrease sales through other means and receive the handout from mid-April to May. The government will start receiving applications for some 800,000 self-employed businesses, such as freelancers uh, today as well, but payments will begin tomorrow. And distributions uh, for newly eligible groups, including corporate um, taxi drivers and care workers, are expected to be done by May. So you um, may have been given a notification of your eligibility if you're a small mom and pops owner Mm -hmm. or even if you're a freelancer right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Those who may not have uh, gotten any guidance at all should definitely check out the relevant websites to make sure that uh, you are getting what you are due uh, with this. And so it's going to be a big day. It's going to be a big uh, dispersion and uh, hopefully it gets help to a lot Mm -hmm. of people who need it. Let's talk about another event coming on uh, today. Uh, it is going to be the first meeting by the Kongsucha uh, or the Corruption Investigative Office for high-ranking officials, the National Police Agency, and the Prosecutor's Office. <laughs> what is the items on the agenda? Okay, yes. Uh, So there's going to be the first session by the new corruption investigative body, National Police Agency and Supreme Prosecutor's Office today. The meeting is expected to center uh, center around Article 24 of the anti-corruption law. The article states the head of the Corruption Investigation Office for high-ranking officials or the CIO has um, has the authority to take over cases and transfer them to other investigative agencies. But legal experts point out that the standards to request transfers of cases are not so clear in the article, and so it will um, it will ultimately lead to the overpowering the CIO. In the meantime, CIO and prosecutor's office um, have engaged in a heated argument over the transfer of Kim Hagi's case, the former vice justice minister. Right, and again, there's that battle with investigative rights, which the reform advocates are saying uh, you still have to kind of get away, uh, remove some of these uh, final vestiges mm-hmm. of investigative rights from the prosecutor so that you don't have those disputes in regards to that uh, controversial Kim Hagi case. Right. Another controversy, Suhyun, has been these series of child abuse Mm-hmm. cases that, of course, anger a lot of people, sadden a lot of people, but also spark a national outcry to have something be done. Mm-hmm. And in response to that demand, the government is set to implement the uh, so-called immediate separation, um, which is called Tikkak uh, Puli law, starting tomorrow. Right. The government has stepped up to revise the bill concerning child protection in response to a series of child abuse cases that sparked public outrage last year. The revision focuses on dispatching police if child abuse is reported twice within a year and immediately separating the child from parents. The child will be put into foster care or protection institutions if there are concerns of recurrence or if the court is yet to issue an emergency protection order. This goes into effect from tomorrow, and to address the lack of protection,
protection facilities, the government has announced to create 29 more child protection centers by the end of this year and secure about 200 more foster families. But still, the public seems to remain skeptical of its effectiveness. Yeah, and the problem here is the blood ties issue is still so strong culturally that there seems to be this Mm. tendency that, you know, Even if it's not a perfect situation, we should keep them with the biological parents because it's so much worse than if you are considered to be an orphan or in a foster situation, just in terms of Mm. the the way that Korean society views it. But the problem here is if they're in abusive situations, there just isn't an infrastructure in place to Mm. care for these kids, to give them that protective custody. And so uh, it's kind of a chicken egg situation. But as you say, some skepticism, but hopefully Mm. there is going to be um, boosted protection for those kids. Moving on, speaking of kids, um, big news for parents of uh, younger kids. Moving on to Thursday, the kindergartens in Seoul are set to officially reopen. Please tell us more. Yes, all public, private and corporate kindergartens in Seoul will officially reopen on Thursday. This is in 128 days since its official closure last November. But some children in Seoul have been going to kindergartens under emergency childcare service. So the attendance rate hit 87% even during the closing period. And with the reopening, the Seoul city government has asked all childcare staff and at least one member from each household to get tested before Thursday. Thursday. Extracurricular activity teachers from outside the kindergarten will be allowed to have classes, but they must get um, COVID-19 testing in advance as well. Right. And so some people might have been surprised that the kindergartens were shut down because it didn't seem like they were. uh, (laughs) As parents of young kids, especially because of the way the application systems work, if both parents are working or if Mm. you have another extraordinary situation, you can apply for the so-called dolbom programs where even if you're a kindergarten, the kids are going to be cared for. And so this is really just more the official now. We are actually able to get our operations Mm. underway and get started. Uh, But for some of these parents, not a lot of huge change that you can Mm. expect. Let's talk about our final thing. This is um, the commemoration of the 73rd anniversary of the Jeju April 3rd incident. And there is going to be a ceremony for that this Saturday. Right. A ceremony to remember the victims of the Jeju April 3rd incident will be hosted at the April 3rd Peace Park in Jeju Island on Saturday. 2021 marks a special year as the amendment bill of the Jeju April 3rd Special Act has been finally passed in 21 years. And to minimize the spread of the COVID-19, the ceremony will be held on a small scale as last year, with about 150 people, including victims and their families. It will be live streamed online as well through the province's official website to allow more people to join the commemoration. Yeah, and one of the things that has changed with this current uh, government is a greater awareness and commemoration being paid for these uh, major democratic movements uh, in history and to give it its proper due. And so that's what we're seeing with the April 3rd uh, Jeju incident. All right, we will have to leave it there. Suyin, as always, thank you very much for the reporting. Look forward to talking to you again soon. See you next week. We're going to come back in the second hour of the program. A lot more in store for you. Taking us there is another check of traffic and weather.